0: Hey, friends, before we get cranking with today's podcast, I want to make sure that you know that we coach leaders. Now, we say it from time to time here on the podcast, but let me be really clear this is the biggest area of growth we are watching in leaders is through our coaching process. It's often 10 tools and 10 sessions, but we also have subscription coaching. We've made it more affordable in this season. If you feel like You are struggling to see ahead in the fog. If you feel like you are overwhelmed, you don't know what your next step is, you're hitting an obstacle, you're hitting a barrier, you're feeling stuck, any of that language resonates, you need coaching. Now, coaching is different from mentoring and it's different from friendship and it's different from counseling. It's a really unique niche that helps you clarify your next step, take your next step and have some accountability with somebody else asking you If you did those things, we are seeing some crazy results, business leaders, church leaders, and nonprofit leaders. One of the best ways to learn about this is actually by just reading reviews that we have over on our Facebook page. So I wanted to read a review today. This is from Nathaniel. He's a business owner. And he says, I've had the pleasure of being coached and led by Stay Fort Designs. And I truly feel I gained more perspective than I have ever before about my business. I recommend stay 4 to anyone looking to have clarity, focus, and just an overall better understanding of their leadership or their ownership role. I am truly grateful. Nathaniel, it has been a joy to work with you. That's incredible. Congratulations on your growth and your clarity. This is a hard time to lead, folks. And we want to make sure that you know you have someone in your corner that can help you strategically take your next right steps. If you're interested in coaching, if you're feeling like you're in a fog, if you desire clarity or are feeling overwhelmed right now, don't delay guys. We have coaches all over the country who would love to have a free breakthrough session with you. That's right. The first 90 minute session is free. We have a breakthrough session where you get in there. We dig around a little bit. We see what we can clarify and how you can take your next right step today to go to the next level. If you're interested, go ahead and head on over to stayforth.com. You can click on our coaching tab and see the different types of coaching that we offer. And then you can also head on over to our team tab and our network tab to see who our coaches are across the country. I believe in our coaches. These are some amazing leaders. They're practitioners. We don't lead from some high and mighty throne or stage. We are in the trenches with you trying to live and lead as God has designed us as well. And guys, one thing I can say is that coaching is changing lives. It's working. It's clarifying. We're seeing overwhelm and anxiety melt in to next steps, to clarity, and ultimately to execution. Head on over to stayforth.com backslash coaching to see how you can grow in this next season. Now, on to the podcast. Jeff and Tara, thanks for joining us today
1: so good to be here. Thank you.
0: Yeah, it's great to be with you, Alan. So you guys write this book, Shrinking the Integrity Gap, and I'll honestly say we need this. We need this desperately Mm -hmm. in this moment, but where did this idea for this message start for you guys?
2: Yeah, for us, Shrinking the Integrity Gap is personal, right? It's us on mission to try to do something that we believe that we're called to do, not just for us, but really everyone. And from You know, from a biblical point of view, um, shrinking the gap really is about this. It's about um, shrinking the distance between what we say we're about, what we preach, and how we actually live. And every person, no matter what role or position or experience or age, that's a noble pursuit for us to do in this lifetime. And Christ is the only one that didn't have the gap. Um, For us, integrity is a lifestyle. It's not an event that we somehow arrive to and like go to a conference and now I'm living with integrity. No, it's like an everyday choice and multiple times throughout the day, there's ebbs and flows and um, highs and lows. And hopefully um, we're closing that gap. Uh, We're doing it for the right reasons. We're doing it in relationship. And we wrote it actually after 20 years of working with leaders um, in different capacities. Leaders are a type, we define a leader as anybody that has a following, you know? So if you're a parent, you're leading the most important organization on the planet. You know, of the family unit, you know, and if then and, and the church is filled with families, individuals, couples, families, the you know, and, and, and we are um, trying to be a, a, a small part of helping her to be as healthy as she can be, you know, and, um, and that that is uh, what God's called us to do. So mm-hmm. we've taken the clinical experiences that you've had in our team in the saddle of, of counseling, in the deep end of the pool, working with leaders where maybe counseling was the only space they could be authentic and real Mm. to try to help them take that then to the streets of what they were doing outside Um, and in their ministries and in the coaching and organizational development space and working with Christian leaders, but also with lots of folks that don't know Christ yet. And same thing in the counseling Mm -hmm. office, right? Mm -hmm. it's just, it's, uh, it's who God brings our way. and, And that's where it comes from.
0: Awesome. Well, I love how that comes together and fits together so well. Uh, Guys, I personally don't have letters after my name. My wife does. And so to see you guys come from both the coaching and the counseling together, Mm -hmm. I loved you guys' book. It was incredibly practical. And I want to read this quote. You say, Imagine leadership where we can allow ourselves to be seen, Mm -hmm. known, and even loved. Then imagine offering the same authentic experience to those we directly influence in our home, our organizations, and our communities. Mm -hmm. Wholehearted leaders. Bring all of why they are, mind, body, soul, and relationships before God and others to live free from hiding and mature in humility and honesty. When I read that, it was like, yes, yes, we need more of that. So what vision are you casting for leaders in this
1: book? Yeah, we're casting a place for leaders to be human, (laughs) Mm. for leaders to know and experience what it's like to be known and loved and seen before they're trying to help everybody else in the world do that and so often because leader the leader type jeff was talking about are often high performers um, things maybe look really good on the outside and things come easier to many high capacity leaders they get just passed down the treadmill of leadership too quickly without ever really getting a place uh, to be known Uh, to be pursued, to to understand their own stories and their own wirings. And then pretty soon we find ourselves at the top of a pedestal we never wanted to be on Mm -hmm. and then get this process we've watched over and over and we go, something's got to change. And so what if we leaders could really just be all of who God made them to be honest and real, not perfect, Mm -hmm. um, and to know and have actually trusted relationships at every stage of their leadership. How could that, I mean, we just imagine how that could impact every wake that they influence, whether it's their home or the community that they're leading. Um, So we're really just calling for uh, humanity, Mm -hmm. (laughs) to to be honest about our humanity.
0: (laughs) I love that. There's a lot of emphasis on trauma in the book. And I wanna read this too. Leaders are usually unaware of how their desire to compartmentalize pain and earlier trauma drives their need. To perform. I have seen this many times. Tell me more about this.
1: Okay, so this comes just from our many years of sitting with leader after leader. We are this very thing. Um, just from the nature of trauma, when something traumatic happens in someone's childhood, they often take, or we often take, one road, which is victimization, and we get revictimized, revictimized over again, or we become overperformers to try to again keep hurt at bay. So, If you just take that principle, you'll find that a lot of high capacity leaders are these overperformers trying to keep the trauma at bay and and to to give an image of who you are. And we're not doing this consciously. It's not something that a five year old sets out to do, but it is part of the what our um, performance driven churches, our performance driven culture is applauding along the way. And so. We're not going to be re-victimized, but we're going to make sure that we care for all that have been. And um, we end up being the older brother, the older sister who takes care of everybody else, but has never had a chance to really process our own stuff. And so we've, that's just been from years and years of sitting with the 55-year-old, the 75-year-old, who's just never had a chance to grieve their own story. Um, and. The difference of a high-capacity leader who has trauma, who's healthy, it's, it's because they've actually processed their story in safe places. And the unhealthy leader, the one with the, the larger integrity gap, is the person that's been dismissing their story, minimizing it, calling it no big deal, uh, or that's old stuff, it doesn't impact me, but it is leaking everywhere. And we all can experience, we all experience that, know somebody, maybe that's us,
2: Yeah, I would just say, just to add to that, that really a differentiator between um, uh, a high capacity, a leader who we would say is pursuing health or is healthy, uh, is uh, a and a person who is is leading and may have the same influence and is not is, is, is that the healthier leader has done some of their work trying to get their baggage down to carry on size, but really they are specifically not less and less. They're um, trying to get their needs met in unhealthy ways, less and less, right? It's not perfection, but that, that would be a key differentiator between what we would say would be wholehearted leaders, yeah. those that are pursuing that and on mission to close that gap down, not get their needs met in unhealthy ways. And those that are trying to do it from a healthier
0: perspective, right? Get the needs
2: met.
1: This is us real, like my turn to talk. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Perfect. We're in your living room. This is great, yeah. guys.
1: So what connect that to trauma. And the trauma is the bare bones of trauma teaches us my needs don't matter. Yes. my needs don't matter because Whoa. you the abuser whatever form that takes you're more powerful what ha- what you need matters more than what I need and so there's a small lie that builds and grows into a big leader that says my needs don't matter mm-hmm. and and that leaks out on those that that follow us to also um inadvertently say your needs don't matter either we all just suck it up oh. um, so
0: wow um, so many applications here. I feel like you're reading people's mail. And th- again, this is from years. It sounds like a really close conversations. This is so needed today. I'm seeing the stigma disappear maybe in front of our eyes the last three or four years of counseling. I personally see a counselor. Thanks, Sam. You're the man. Uh, but I-, I see that stigma disappearing. Um, Tara, are you seeing that as well?
1: Yes. And actually, I went to school during a time where I resisted it every step of the way. I I was frustrated that I had to go to school because I thought I can do all of this um, just by how God's made me and in the church and I don't need a bunch of credentials. I really didn't believe in that. But honestly, looking back... I mean, so I fought the system. I fought the Christian culture bubble that was like, why are you going into that secular, you know, kind of world of counseling? And then I was in the counseling world recognizing that I was doing harm, actually, sometimes just not knowing like I had the right heart, uh, just wrong methods. And I think that's what my training had taught me. So, yes, those paradigms are trying are starting to really shift but there's still a lot of pockets I think of lead where leaders are at and the systems are at that still they're they're fighting against a message that's saying counseling is not for us either as a leader or in the church um, but our hope is is that uh, really having a guide somebody in a confidential space somewhere where the consequences and the cost aren't enormous and you can just lay it all out. That's really what we're asking for. And that's how counseling mm-hmm. is a safe place for people. That's yeah. Great. I would,
2: I would also say that there are a lot of poor counselors out there <laughs> and, um, and just because they, say that they're christian counselors or whatever that 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 does not separate that so we're looking for and advocating for counselors if you and and mentors and leaders of competency and character right and and that's another thing that we're really advocating for in this whole message of shrinking integrity gap is, is is that um the church at large can really use some um wisdom in um Looking for leaders in their hiring practices and in their establishment of teams and elder boards and all of these things of people who who place a high um, value on character, not just assuming that it's there, right? And in many cases, we even promote people too fast. They don't have competencies and we reframe it spiritually. And so Mm -hmm. we're we're, we're shooting for the both end, you know, Mm -hmm. and um, and valuing leaders of, of character um, rather than the flash and the, and the gifts per se. Um, we we want to try to have both, especially when we put people in positions to lead and
0: to shepherd others. I'm curious, uh, before we get into some of those gaps, how have you guys seen COVID change leaders? Mm. Just from your angle and your practice, your conversations, how's, how's COVID shifting the heart and soul of leaders?
1: I think it's giving them um, a front row seat to their own uh, brokenness and limitations. Um, The weight is just so much heavier uh, prior to the pandemic. Anxiety and unrest was there, uh, but now it's just everywhere you turn. So there's the secondary trauma, PTSD is is enormous, and so leaders I think are just hitting their breaking point. And we're seeing more and more marriages um, struggling, and just the the personal rhythms. I mean, you know, we all might have had our our really healthy sabbaths and our boundaries of our quiet times in the morning. All that's gone through the wind uh, with these kinds of pandemics. So.
2: Yeah, I, my experience working with organizational leaders, uh, ministry, and non uh, settings, I I'm, I'm definitely am seeing. I mean, I'm seeing the uh, the the de- 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 demands for their time and their energy and their presence is feeding some of the um challenges that leaders are vulnerable to, like isolating, like escapism, like uh and so on and so forth. We'll talk more about those, but it's uh the leaders are more vulnerable into their own humanity right now. Mm-hmm. We were just talking with a very prominent pastor here from the Pacific Northwest and um and he's written a book uh on on uh, healthy rhythms and and uh Jean-Marc Comer and uh and Jean-Marc was so honest we asked him what's COVID been like in terms of testing what you wrote about right and yeah. he's like it has been the most intense and hard six months maybe of my ministry career Mm -hmm. and and testing every one of those things that I have that I wrote about that I'm trying to practice Mm -hmm. right now we love that because
0: that just made it so accessible to (laughs) to everybody right so good and (laughs) And that that book is making waves Mm -hmm. for a reason I mean I feel like the the sovereignty of when that book was supposed to come out we needed that and so many leaders if you're you know watching this listening to this you haven't read the ruthless elimination of hurry i would highly encourage it Uh, but that that's so good guys thanks for your kind of insider perspective all right without spoiling the whole book maybe just give us the 10 phrases i loved uh the the phrasing of those 10 integrity gaps in the book can you just briefly share those with us Okay, so we won't describe them, I guess, then we'll read them, right? Okay, <laughs> so, so here
2: in chapter, so we think that, that, that it'll be common for people to identify with more than one, mm-hmm. right? I mean, we, there's, we wrote these things and we can identify with so many of them. But now, in chapter three, trauma and triggers. The past is not in the past. Mm. Chapter four, guilt and toxic shame. If they only knew.
1: Mm.
2: Chapter five, escapism and compartmentalization. Everybody loves me outside my house. <laughs>
1: and then chapter six, we talk about narcissism. The leader that says, I think I'm pretty amazing. Um, why don't you? <laughs> uh, chapter eight, the blind spots. Um, too little time to listen. And oh, chapter seven, I skipped. Arrogance. Um, I'm better than everybody else. The leader who, who struggles with seeing um, the way that others are influencing the community and that thinks their way is the best.
2: Yeah, and, the, and blind spots. She was saying too too little time to listen.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Right,
2: chapter nine, burnout. It's easier for me to just do it. How many times have we heard leaders and even ourselves yeah. think that, say that, right? Chapter ten, isolation. Mm-hmm. No one really knows me.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Chapter eleven, survival needs are a sign of weakness. That belief, that false belief, that is also very prevalent.
1: And then we end with chapter twelve, hiding confessions costs me too much. Um, and there's the fear of if I really let it out, what's going to happen um, to my ministry, to my impact, to my reputation, to my family. So we end with the conclusion of the, of the hope of the wholehearted leader, but recognizing that this is a lifetime process, that it's not a check, 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 um, and that we might struggle with one of these at one different time. And I think when to, to speak to your question of what leaders are struggling with, burnout is right there. For, you know, if we're going to make it on the other side of this this season and and learning um, our limits and asking for help and not just doing things um, we tend to want to take on more in crises. And so that is um, even a personal struggle right now saying, okay, what can I let go of right now? That really isn't a priority, even though I would have thought it was a priority a couple months ago.
2: And really, Alan, these things are symptoms, symptoms that every one of us could fall into, like we we're describing. But we also provide anecdotes, mm-hmm. practical, that blend the clinical wisdom, the biblical wisdom, the relational wisdom that we're speaking to. And this isn't a katcha um, kind of look. It's like, no, this is how we um, commonly can identify that we all have integrity gap. What are things that leaders are specifically vulnerable to that leads them to increase their gap? And how can we shrink it yeah. so that those that are in their systems, in their wake of influence, can more positively mm. benefit? Because when leaders do that work, everybody in their wake benefits. We say when leaders don't, everybody in their wake pays. It's just a matter of time. So it's, it's, a, it's an encouragement. It's an
3: edification. Yeah. Hi, I'm Eric Sanford. I'm one of the coaches with Stay Forth Designs. As a youth pastor, if I wanted leadership or personal development, I had to go find it on my own. And when I did seek it out, I was overwhelmed by how many resources were available. We have worked hard to make leadership and personal development accessible. Leaders need access to challenging ideas, thought leaders, and innovative strategies to lead into the future. We've made staff and personal development accessible, digestible, and memorable. We've created a product called Leadership Unbox that simplifies the complex world of leadership development. For just $37, you can take your staff on a guided monthly journey through the best leadership resources on the market. Take advantage of our special introductory rate of $37 by visiting leadershipunbox.com. This price is set to increase on December 10th, so don't delay. Visit Leadership Unbox today to begin your leadership development journey.
0: No, I I heard that posture in the book. Guys, we don't need more stories of people hitting the wall. We don't need more stories that Mm. bring shame on families and leaders. Mm. And so I saw that as an invitation. I saw it as permission. But I just really appreciate how you guys named phrases that you go, "Oh man, I, I commonly use that." So I really think that God is bringing both of your ministries together for you know kind of this beautiful moment. Uh, really encouraged to share this with others. I think teams could read it together as well and mm-hmm. say, "This is the the big one for me. That's really sticking out." And um, an author, David White, said the opposite of burnout is is actually. Being wholehearted. And so I love that there's so much emphasis in there in the wholehearted leader. We work with leaders who are overwhelmed and we try to help Mm -hmm. leaders bypass burnout. And so we work with leaders Mm -hmm. in that phase of something is wrong, something is off. Uh, I am exhausted. I can't produce like I could. And like you said, Jeff, that's a symptom. And to be able to chase that back and say, what is going on underneath Mm -hmm. that? So very excited to kind of work with this book uh, with other people. Is there one of those? Um, maybe phrases or one of those 10 that's coming up to the surface during COVID that you say, we all need to be especially aware of that right now.
1: It's really hard to pick one of them, but kind of speaking to the burnout as well as the, um, this efficiency piece, but I would, that phrasing that, um, my needs don't matter. I, I think when we look around and we see the pain is so heavy and it's, it's enormous, um, However, it's that, that adage of I've got to put my oxygen mask on first before I can go help others and, and really thinking about what are those rhythms and those pieces that, um, that, what do I need right now? What does my own humanity need? Like, I just need a hug today. Like I can't go care for everybody else. I, I just need a hug and taking time to meet those needs. Um, I think is really something I'm talking to a lot of leaders about because they're really just feeling the weight and the pain of everyone around. What would you say?
2: Yeah, I mean, burnout is is, is a real deal. Um, and, and we've had some new things that have happened since COVID that have created even more um, makes leaders more vulnerable to burnout, Mm -hmm. right? Like zoom fatigue right here, you know, here, it's such a real thing. (laughs) I I, I have to monitor and help my clients monitor. I give permissions for them to turn off videos and some of them need that, um, so that they can make it through their day, you know? And, and so there's some, um, Burnout is what we're seeing. And and I think the the term self-care is really important. That doesn't mean selfish. That means Mm -hmm. self-care so that you can, as Tara was describing, actually be in a place of resource to help others from a sustainable place. And, and that pleases God, you know, and he's there helping us and noticing what's going on in our body is mm. actually not just in our hearts and our minds, but actually in our physical yeah, bodies. I'm
1: tired. Is, yeah.
2: is, as spiritual and a part of God as image bearers as anything else in our soul our ministry our calling or whatever else it is. It's all yep. part of it, right? Wholehearted. And, uh, and God is using uh, our bodies to communicate to us some, some of the things that he's wanting to take care for us in. And so responding to those things and uh, is really key. I'd say um a huge part of that though, is if, if leaders and this is almost as important as the burnout and so many of these symptoms come from um, the unresolved traumas from our early childhood that, it, you know, it really is not something that we can dismiss. It's impacting everything if we haven't addressed it adequately. and. um it's worth the time, the investment, the energy. Um, you have a smaller gap and the people that you say that you love, you're actually really loving them and not loving them to get needs met in an unhealthy way, but really loving them and uh, supporting them in needs and having, you're seeing
0: God meet your own. So, All right. We're going to dig down and get practical at Stay Forth. We're all about the ridiculously practical. Somebody says, I, it feels like I'm heading toward burnout. I'm overwhelmed. I'm exhausted. What are three or four things, practical things you can say? Time out. Start implementing this into your life so you can come back to life. Mm-hmm.
1: Okay. So sometimes this kind of talk makes me feel like it's cheesy counselor talk. So bear with me. But honestly, step one is breathe like deep breath when we feel like we're sprinting all the time our bodies actually are on this um involuntary short breaths Adrenaline. so when we yeah, are and so just literally going Am my breathing right now and slowing down and doing the four breaths in six breaths out again sounds very counselorly t- talk wise but god's the one who designed our brains and we're literally tricking that amygdala to say you're okay but deep breath also. Um, is helping us to stay healthy. So for breathing, you need oxygen. Step two, eat. Like, are you hungry? Get some food. And that being a very basic step throughout the day. And it, I'm gonna be very real and raw as a, as a mom and a working mom go to the bathroom when you have to go to the bathroom. <laughs> Listen to your body so, I, mean, I can't
3: tell you how many times I'm holding because I got too
1: many things going And I go, that, basic that's right. self-care. Okay. Some
0: people just got up to get food and go to the bathroom, Tara. That's right. So that they're like it. not even going to hear your next point. They're like, okay, she gave me permission. Mission totally. accomplished. But Summit honestly, break
1: totally and and when we don't meet those basic needs then we start finding ourselves staying up all night long binging on chips netflix and we're totally just coasting because we didn't tune in for the day so sure. very basic
2: overworking yeah. and not stopping and you as a leader have high capacity yeah. to just take on just more, going. And more and yeah. more but you're going to have the law of diminishing returns is a real thing you're start going to start noticing less and less and less as you try to do more and more and more if you're living outside that balance so mm-hmm. you know mindfulness it sounds so eastern no actually it's so um it's so biblical right to have um to reflect Mm -hmm. and and on what's going on and be mindful about the principles that you believe in and actually shrink your gap between what you know and what you say and what you actually do then watch energy then that's part of our process that God's given us to the the part that he says this is you're doing this with me right Mm -hmm. I don't do everything here you're doing this with me and as a relational God, he wants us yeah. to engage that way to um, to be in a space where um, he uh, he can use us the way he designed, not just that we're checking boxes of should and look at all we're accomplishing yeah. in our own strength. That's a recipe for disaster.
1: Yeah. Alan, Can I say one more thing? Absolutely. I, I also when you talk about, you know, the body and caring for ourselves, this is practical is actually stopping and going, where do I feel something in my body right now? And right now I might feel it in my chest. It feels heavy. So the next question would be that prayerful ask of like, what, what is it? What is, if it could talk, what would it say? And it'd say, it's all up to me. That's a lie that I hold all the time. And I have to check in and go, why? Okay. I'm starting to feel it again. And what is that? It's all up to me. What does it need? it needs God to take over, like to do all of this stuff I can't do. And so that moves me to an action step of stopping and praying and casting my cares upon him. And I will literally feel a shift happening in that chest. And so when we're talking about getting slowing down and doing that mindfulness, it's actually getting into my body. And that takes a couple minutes. It does take practice, especially when we've been so checked out and dissociated from our bodies for so many years. But it's a practice that I would say, if you could start doing, that right now what's going on in my body what's it saying to me what does it need and then if i can actually advocate for it follow through on an action step
2: and if you can't do that that might be a tell right that that there's something that needs to be explored and it takes time to explore those things right if you if you're a person that's wired as a person that is that's uh that does hard (laughs) and and does a lot of it you may not even know what you're feeling. Yeah, like who true. cares about feelings anyway? That's well, true. actually God created feelings in us and they're, um, he created our bodies to attune us to him and to what he wants to say and what he's trying to show us. And if you're missing that out because you can't feel um, the injuries that are coming your way because you deal with them all day long, um, there's something there to explore, to look into, yeah. to notice, right? And because uh, you're getting those needs met and protecting somehow in some way. And how are we doing that? Is it healthy? Is it unhealthy?
0: That's, simple. That's so good. Guys, this has been really practical, and I just want to take a moment to speak to, to all of you who are watching and listening. Mm-hmm. Um, admitting our weakness is strength. Yes. Now is the time. And you know, from a coach, a coach, a counselor, um, we just say like, in this moment, it is okay to not be OK. Yeah. And we want you to hear that loud and clear during the Healthy Leaders Summit, that it is okay to not be okay. Talk to someone. Somebody on another session said that we we all need a place where we can be heretics. So just to be able to talk, to be able to say things that maybe Mm -hmm. don't fully make sense or that people aren't going to fix you, many people would say leaders need friends. And we also need counselors. We also need people um, who who have clinical background, a practical background who can help us in those moments in those areas. And so we want to just clearly express that is that if we are going to get healthy, we're going to have to admit weakness. And so I read that all throughout your guys' book. I hear that all um, throughout this interview. And so we just want to leave you with each with one question. Jeff, I'll I'll pick on you first. It's the year 2030, 10 years from now, we'll zoom (laughs) out. When you look back, at this crazy year of 2020, what do you want people to say about how you lived and led through this year?
2: I would want them to say that, uh, that especially those that know us and that, that we have relationship with particularly, cause that's the most important is, is that the people that are in our most important circles. So my wife, I want her to say, I want my, our daughters to say, I want people um, in our friendship and our community group to say, that um, that we were um, about this message of integrity and that we saw it as something as not perfection, but we saw it as something that we talked about and tried to implement um, in the way that we lived. We were honest about that mm-hmm. in the highs and in the lows, and we created an environment for them to also be that. And uh, I think that if we do that um, and we did it in relationship with them that we'll uh, hopefully we'll see our marriages stronger. We'll see our relationships with Jesus stronger. We'll see our relationships with our children stronger. And gosh, if we just, if I even just did those three things well um, and not, and nothing else. Well, I, I guess in terms of how I would evaluate it myself, I'd say, I think that that's, those are some of the, the main things, mm-hmm. keeping the main things, the main things. So mm-hmm. that, that'd be for me, I guess.
0: Mm-hmm. Sarah, what would you say?
1: Yeah, that. And honestly, I would say, was I honest? I, I think my tendency as a leader is to um, give all of the words like, look at the resiliency this is building in all of us. <laughs> I I tend to go, and I just, I want to be able to look back and say, did I have, was I honest with my people? Um, was I letting myself grieve and feel the wake of all this and getting to be a heretic as well? Um because on that is my tendency and I've been growing in that for years. And, and when crisis happens, I tend to be the one who just sucks it up for everybody else. And so I'm really trying to stay rooted and being cared for through this time as we're, our wake is getting bigger and bigger. We didn't plan on that for 2020 in the middle of a pandemic, but um, so I hope I look back and, and i am able to say I was, I was congruent with who I am as Tara and not just Tara Mattson, the author. <laughs>
2: We ain't fokin' so long